This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you, and today we have a special guest, and her name is... Brienne. Brienne. is <laughs> my wife, Brienne Fueling. So, Brienne, I uh, gave a message on anxiety uh, a few weeks ago. Dan, can you remind me of the date of that sermon? That would be for November 19th, 2017, Sermon on the Mount, Future U's Perspective on Anxiety. Good. So, on that date, uh, <laughs> I preached the sermon on anxiety. But here, here's what was interesting. As a result of that, uh, a ton of Q&A questions actually came in. I don't, you know, sometimes I don't really know what I'm poking at until I poke it. And uh, clearly there was, there was a lot of anxiety on the sermon on anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it's probably the best way to say it. And, and really the questions kind of go all over the board. And so you're going to be with us for the next three sessions yeah. and uh, really excited. So we're going to talk about just very, honestly, very different avenues of, it, of anxiety in two days. You can come back. You'll be answering the question, what about Christians who starved to death? Did God not keep his promise? Mm-hmm. And, and really this question actually came out of this anxiety. Will God provide for me even in the place of food? Uh, the next one is, can I take medication for my anxiety? I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear your answers on that one. I really struggled with what, whether or not I should address that in the sermon, and I figured I would just let you come in and address it here. But here's the question for today. So what about saving, investing, and planning? Since birds don't store food, does that mean we shouldn't either? And on the Q&A podcast, we like to tell people that good theology is nuanced. There's this uh, thing that people who are new to Scripture or don't believe in the Bible try to do, and they say, oh, look, it contradicts. Jesus says, don't store food. And then the book of Proverbs, it says, plan for the future, have an inheritance for your children's mm-hmm. children, you know? Mm-hmm. So it seems to be contradicting itself sometimes. Right. So I remember as a kid, like I would read the Bible and I, I'd be confused. Well, why does it say this here and yep. not that there? Like a very much a pre-adolescent black and white inability to think abstractly. Mm-hmm. Today, I don't know. I probably didn't tell you this, but oh. we were running around trying to get out of the house for school late again. And uh, it's like the fourth day in a row. Our son acts, we can't find his dumb shoes. Well, it's actually the fourth day in a row with like 20 times in that day. Right. They're just gone. So it's probably actually like the 130th time in a row. Right. So, and this is relevant to anxiety, by the way. Uh, so I I said, he's just sitting on the steps, right? And we're already late. And I said, go find your dumb shoes. And he says, he breaks down and starts crying. <laughs> and he says, you think my shoes are dumb? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, bro, would your dad ever put you in dumb shoes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of all the dads in the world. Oh, dear. He goes, no. And I was like, that's a way of saying right now the shoes are being annoying, but I love your shoes. And it took him a while. We got in the car and I actually had to sit down with him. And like, we had to have a group lesson on like how to take words literally and not literally and which ones we do or don't. And, and, uh, but it's interesting because people approach the Bible in the same way. They're like, like they try to make it contradictory, like they want it to be bad. And, and in fact, good theology is nuanced. So there's a word orthodoxy, which is right doctrine and orthopraxy, which is right living and orthopraxy. Or right practice. uh, Yeah, it's the right practice of certain things and the right living. And so I think people who are newer to scripture wrestle with this. And I totally understand that. And I have a lot of empathy for it. So just review what you said, because you just have introduced two really strong 
principles for how we approach the scriptures when we are trying to understand what they are teaching to us. One is that it's not a black and white thinking. Often. We have to be very careful, as X did, in that to personalize that black and white thinking. Yep. To interpret scripture based upon what we're experiencing at that moment and mm-hmm. what we maybe wanted to say to to be more harsh and cause us shame or to maybe try to give us freedom that really isn't there. Mm-hmm. Second is this concept of orthodoxy versus orthopraxy, which is the orthodoxy is right doctrine. And then we like to see that come out into orthopraxy, which is right living or the right practice of that doctrine. Yep, absolutely. When you read the Bible, you have to understand it's not always left or right. It's mm-hmm. left, then right. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. don't do right if you haven't gone left. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's a priority of things. And, it's, and I think we just need to be more complex in the way we think. Mm-hmm. We're complex people, and he's often infinitely more so. And we got to mm-hmm. give the Bible that permission to be a little bit more nuanced than maybe some people mm-hmm. put it. So how do you respond to this person? You're sitting in a counseling office with them, and, and they read this, and they're like, look, here's what Jesus says. So I cannot save. I must give everything away. What do you tell them? So I'm a nature lover, and I love to look at the scriptures and see how God's word aligns with the world that he created to teach us more about himself. So whenever an animal or different aspects of nature show up in passages, that's actually something that's kind of exciting for me. And so here in the passage in Matthew 7, verse 26, it says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And so when we look at the concept of birds and maybe even just their practice in nature of what they do with food, um, I think there's a little bit of an interesting reality. So what they're referring to, and I didn't have time to make an entire doctrinal statement on the way that birds gather food and what that means I really for this feel passage. disappointed. Because that, part of me you know. wonders what kind of birds were popular in this area and all that kind of stuff and what their practices are. But in the United States, we have birds that have different practices. We have birds that actually do store food and we have birds that don't. And then if we look at the rest of the kingdom of nature, we see that there's actually a lot of animals that hoard. There's a lot of animals that save food. There's a lot of animals mm-hmm. that prepare for the winter. That so God could write, save like a squirrel and don't be anxious like a bird. Absolutely. And those aren't contradictory statements. He's just talking about one aspect. Absolutely. What animals give away? Give love like dogs, save like squirrels, and don't have anxiety like birds. Wait, birds don't have anxiety. <laughs> you know what I mean. Grammatically, it was backwards. I'm going to do a sermon on animals. And work work hard like an ant. <laughs> Lemur share. What do they share? Their food. With and who? resources. Other lemurs. Oh. Pretty much every wild cat also shares. Oh. So I think we could continue hmm. to go on and look at different examples of animals in the way that they both keep things for the future. Those birds. That is a beautiful picture of our dependency on God, right? Like every day you show up and you have nothing in your hand um, to take care of yourself but you have a dependency on the Lord to be able to see how he will provide for you in that day. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at these opposites, it's a beautiful picture and opportunity to be able to see both sides of the story. And so when we go back to the anxiety part, we know that even saving creates a lot of anxiety in a lot of people. Having that control over everything that they've saved for mm. or where they have put their money, if it's not working out the way that they wanted it to, 
throughout the course of our financial history, even as a country, we've seen a lot of people end up taking their lives over different movements of the stock market and different things like that. So we know even when you are saving, sometimes that causes anxiety too. So I think kind of no matter what it comes down to, we have a tendency towards wanting to control things more than we Mm. should. What this scripture particularly is saying is, hey, look, look at all the birds that every day can be a reminder to you of the fact that they don't have someone taking care of them. They don't have someone watching over them like a human, right? Yet at the same time, the Heavenly Father, he feeds them. Mm. And he makes sure every day when they go out to search for food, they find something. In our next question, we're going to talk about how when that doesn't work for us humans, what that looks like. Mm. But I think um, the lesson that is from the birds for us to learn, not for the birds, Mm. but from the birds, um, for us to learn in this is to be able to say, you know what? We have a posture of dependency on the Lord. And when we don't have the ability to control our circumstances, we have the opportunity to be able to say, okay, Lord, how are you going to show up today? How do we get to watch you work? And what are you going to give to us today? Mm. But on the opposite, like we talked about, the orthopraxy, the right living, Scripture continually tells us, again, to be like the ant, right? Who works hard. He's yeah. the opposite of the sluggard. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8 says, Go to the ant, O sluggard, and consider her ways, and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. Mm. We could also continue to kind of go through the Scripture to see different animals and insects that they point out to be able to look at their work ethic and just the way that they continue to save for themselves. And so I think it's just a neat opportunity that we have to be able to look at both sides of the story, that Mm. no matter what we do, when it comes to saving, investing, and planning, we have an opportunity to build into the future and to be wise with what we have to steward. But we also have an opportunity when maybe that's not our season of life and that's not what the Lord is giving us, to be able to see how his hand is going to be able to feed us every day because we're so much more valuable than the birds. Mm. It's interesting because God could look at the nation of Israel and say, before you do anything, give tithe and then save and then spend your money on your home, build stuff, invest uh, into the future, et cetera. Have big wedding ceremonies. Right. You know, all the all these interesting things. And then, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, give to the poor. Have, have excess in your budget, just like a margin where you can just kind of give stuff away. And it's interesting because it's collectively the society lives in wisdom there is enough. It's often when sin comes into the equation that that we harm each other. You know, mm-hmm. like a, a bad government can ruin a whole nation, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll deal with that tomorrow. But the whole point is um, I don't save to control. I save out of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes the way God provides for me in the future is through my current saving. Mm-hmm. And that's his method of provision. Or um, sometimes God provides for us by the wisdom of other people, right? And what they have saved. But we don't just go spend all of our money on ourselves because we're like, ah, somebody else will provide for me. You know, like everybody does their part. And when life happens to one or two or 10 people, typically the community can come around and address some of those things. And so I love the layers of protection that as Christians we have, you know, um, I do whatever I can inside of my own home, right? But then sometimes mm-hmm. things fall apart. Sometimes your home burns down. Sometimes insurance doesn't work out, you know? And mm-hmm. and then the people of God can come around you. And and sometimes when the people of God can't come around you, there are government programs that are able to come around you. There's so many layers of protection right here in this place. But again, um, what do you do 
uh, when those layers of protection are dysfunctional and aren't working. And that's going to be our question tomorrow. I think we should come back at that. I think the big point of this is do all the things that God says to do. Work mm-hmm. like an ant. Save like a like a lemur. Squirrel. Like a oh, squirrel. I like squirrel. to save like a squirrel. Yeah, that's good. And uh, live like a bird. Be free. You're saying it's good because it's what you came up with. I know. I know. It's genius. No, it's SNS. That's easier. Save like a squirrel. That's easier to remember. Save like a squirrel. Um, and the scriptures are nuanced. And so you got to be able to do all of those and they're not contradictory. But here's what the question for tomorrow is. What about Christians who starved to death? Did, not, did God not keep his promise? You want to come back tomorrow and talk? Mm-hmm. All right. You think my shoes are dumb? This podcast is for the birds. <laughs>